Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Hope everybody's doing well. Let's talk about a few things. Alright. The first thing we need to address. How many of you, when you were younger, had a crush on someone? You never got a chance to date them because they didn't want to date you. Or they could have been preoccupied with someone else, and you might not have had the nerve to step up to them. But in your head, you're still rattling around about what could have, would have, should have happened, but never did. Well, you go on, we'll say three decades or so, and now you're in your 40s. You go to a class reunion, and you see that person. And in some ways, you start to reminisce about what could have, would have, should have happened. Just briefly. Many of you would probably be in relationships, married, having children, all the rest, so you wouldn't really be so caught up in that. But some may still have that lingering thought. Now, the reason why I bring this to your attention is because there was a lady from Boston who wrote me who was a nurse, and at first she wanted me to read her email, then she wrote me back and asked me not to read it. I attempted to call her, she didn't want to talk to me. She just said, you can talk about it, just don't use my name, but I'm going through some things right now. Now, I'm not going to exploit her situation, but I'm going to just give you an outline of how this can impact you in regards to someone from the past that you were interested in coming back into your life later on. Well, this person was married, had four kids, had a damn good job in the healthcare profession, and they were supposed to have a class reunion. Well, this mutual friend from the community in which she went to school in the Midwest told her that the guy that she had confided into this person about that she really liked was going through a horrendous divorce and was pretty much down on his luck completely. Without a second thought, this lady gets off her ship at work, goes to Logan Airport, and books a flight 
Midwest city that she was from. Didn't tell her husband, didn't call to check on the kids, nothing, just went linearly, boom. Now she had been married close to 30 years to this man. She gets there, she finds this guy. He's sharing a one bedroom with another guy. She doesn't like the arrangement. She gives him enough money to pay first class and security for his own one bedroom. And she makes an agreement with him that she's gonna compensate him for the balance that he's short every month. She goes and buys some clothes, picks him up pretty much. At this point, of course, her husband is worried sick. Kids are worried sick. Her mother finally contacts her and tells her, you need to talk to your family. And she gets on her and scolds her about how irresponsible what she did was. She contacts her husband and tells him she wants a divorce. When she gets back to Boston, she's going to pack up her things and they're going to go their separate ways. Well, he asked about the kids and she told him, they're in their teens now. They'll be grown pretty soon. You take care of them. I will pay you child support. She flies back to Boston, gets the legal proceedings started, totally detached from her kids, wants to know from her attorney does she need to do anything else. Attorney says no, she can handle everything, then he gets back, goes back to the Midwest with this guy that she's helping. They go to the family, the uh, class reunion together, coupled up, arm in arm. Well, the lady who he was married to, he was divorcing, is furious, makes a big scene at the event. The woman that came from Boston, the one that wrote the email, started talking about how the woman didn't appreciate him. And she agreed to pay this man's legal fees. And she's pulling money from her retirement, which is going to be problematic going through the divorce because she's going to have to pay that money back or her half of it back to her husband. And when the divorce goes through more than likely. So I see why she didn't want me to read this on air. But here's the interesting thing about this. She's now taking a serious pay cut to take a job there in that community. And she realizes that she's made a sacrifice for this man that she never made for her husband or her family. 
he was the one that had to make the sacrifice there in Boston. This man that she is so infatuated with never had to lift a finger. And she wrote me out of her frustration based on this. Now, she really didn't want to communicate with me that much. And she was regretful in a way that she had written the email. And I promised her that I would not read it on the show and I'm not going to read it. But one thing that I will tell you, some people will linger around and be a fool for someone else without even knowing if the person appreciate you being a fool for them. And this is what you're dealing with here. She's always had a burning desire to be with this man. Ever since high school. She never once had the nerve to go up to him and talk to him back then. But here's some of the things, and ma'am, if you're listening, here's some of the things that you missed out on. This man was married to this woman for umpteen years, just like you were married to your husband. I want you to think about this. Some of the best years of your life was actually spent with your husband and he with that woman that he was married to. So now I want you to understand what you're getting into now. You may not be getting the best years of his life. You may be getting the ass end of it. You know, it's like you're standing in line waiting to get into the movie. And then they say, oh, we got to cut it off here because the theater can only hold so many people. And you got to wait until the next showing. And then you have people coming out of the theater telling you how great it was. You're trying to cover your ears not to hear it. And then you go in with the expectation of these things happening. And it's like old hat. Well, see, in this situation, you're going into a relationship with this man. And his wife's coming out where she spent most of her youth with him. She's had his children. She's done many dynamic things that you two will never be able to do no matter how much you love him. That ship has sailed. And from the standpoint from him, the same thing has happened with you. Now, true enough, you're getting a chance to where you guys are honing it down where the two of you can actually get to know each other on a one-on-one basis just like you did back in high school and I think this is where the nexus is between the two of you the only difference is you were too shy to talk to him in high school and now he's too embarrassed to even think about reaching out to you as an older man So, if you really look at it, the insecurity you had that kept you away from appealing to this guy 
but he was much younger, more handsome, more vibrant, and you were more attractive, younger. It wrapped its arm around your neck all these decades. And even when you were committed in your marriage, you were committed to your pursuit of this man first. This is why a lot of women who ask men for a commitment, sometimes you get frustrated because he won't. Sometimes he's committed to somebody else. And that person may not know it. So in this case, she had a double commitment. And she knew that she couldn't serve two masters. And she let the one go that she was most familiar with. Her family. So, she got something different. She's got a change. But is it for the better or the worse? Or would it be indifferent? Now this was a bold move. Most women would never do this. Very few men would do it. It'd be too expensive. She doesn't care. Because see that insecurity that she had as a teenager beat out everything else, including her family present day. Amazing, isn't it? Your feelings will drive you to do things that are irrational. I just think about how the kids feel, about how the husband feels. Think about the damage control he has to do with his side of the family and their friends, their mutual friends and everyone else. Think about the embarrassment. And she'll get to a point where she's going to ask herself, did I make a good choice? That doubt will probably come up in the first dispute they have or disagree. A lot of times it may seem easier than it really is. But if you allow your insecurities to lead you, sometimes it will lead you down a path that you have no idea for your reasoning for going there. And that's what this is all based on. This woman will more than likely give her husband and kids the kitchen sink, materialistically, but emotionally, she's done. Now, true enough, there could be other 
extenuating circumstances that led up to this decision of hers. But from the way she presented it in the email, it seemed like it was a snap judgment. I don't believe that for a second. I think this was something that was premeditated, thought through, something that was pondered. But for it to go into action, there had to be a catalyst. And that catalyst was when that mutual friend informed her of the hardship this man was having. She had probably planned to leave a long time ago, but she didn't have the reasoning to leave, the justification. And that's all she needed. Now bags will travel. This is one of the risks you may take by being in a relationship. Rare, but it can happen. And see, the one thing that you have to understand too, just like people can fall in love, they can fall out of love. There are some people out there that are actually in relationships now with people that they do not think deserve them. They're just with that person because as they see it, this is the lesser of two evils. And they gaslight themselves, well, well, you know, he's nice or she's nice. It may not be the person they want. Deep inside, they're probably committed to someone else, but this person will do. I didn't realize something like this existed until in Mississippi there was a family that I knew of and the mother was kind of vibrant she was in her 40s her husband was in his late 60s old man and when I say old I mean dressed and looked very old and I mean the minute he passed away the minute he passed away away he started seeing a change in her I was a little something then but I remember to this day he had an old pickup truck within the same day that that man passed away she put that pickup truck on the street and put a for sale sign on it my dad and he's like yeah he said well some people are like that truck was gone by the next morning then I started seeing the furniture trucks pull up a couple of days later they were taking all the old stuff out and putting new stuff in his daughters what I was told. I was too young to know this at the time. I had to make the funeral arrangements. I had to do all of that. He had left the house to her, but he left the insurance money to his daughters from a previous marriage. That woman, and I would venture to say within a month, and I'll never forget, it was a black and white cat like there was a black body white interior, white top Cadillac 
in her driveway. And this man got out of this car. He looked like some R&B singer down there. Oh, he was slicked up. He had the processed hair, the nice silk suit. Hi, yellow brother. Knew he was there to stay. Then all of a sudden she comes in and she has a brand new Mustang, fastback. Now she used to speak when I'd walk past. Mm -mm. Nope. Whole attitude change. The grass that used to grow up damn near up to the porch, mm -mm. manicured. Flowers were planted. Walkway was redone in the front of the house. Driveway was resurfaced. They put a new roof on the house. Things that were not done when he was alive. Kind of like what Bobby Womack did with um, Sam Cook's wife. Those of you who don't know, got the man's wife, married her. Then he went on, pulled the man's clothes to his funeral, drove his car. It's a sad thing. But this woman did this. And It was something I just couldn't quite fathom. It didn't take six months before she had changed her whole world after that man died. People grieve differently, I guess. We'll talk more in a moment. Now, some single mothers have a problem when men won't commit. And many times, younger men may be still under commitment to their mother to not get with a single mom, but yet want the commitment through pressure to that single mom that may be a little bit older. So you may be dealing with peer pressure on one side and mom's pressure on the other. And then he's trying to strike that balance in the middle. I realize it's very difficult. It's like trying to stand on top of a balloon. So what usually happens in situations like these if he becomes undecided 
he becomes devalued on both sides. Mom thinks he's a fool. A single mom thinks he's a mama's boy. And he's caught between the two. He knows mom's going to bail him out if something goes bad. Because she loves him. He knows that woman that he likes as a single mother who may be older to give him the comfort he need that mama came. All the sex, the good cooking and all that stuff, mama can cook, but mama cooks when she wants to. This woman's going to cook for him because she's trying to keep him, trying to get him. And a lot of young men wind up in this quagmire. Want to be loyal to mom, but yet they want to be loyal to that woman that's kind of giving them the attention, giving them the social status of manhood if they want. He wants to be a father. Maybe he didn't have a father. Maybe his father left his mother, and mother's saying, Son, you don't need a single mama. I was a single mom. He's saying, yeah, mom, but I'm going to take it upon myself to help another single mom. Symbolically, ladies, what he's trying to do, if you're a single mom and you're running into this situation, your son is trying to reenact a battle that has already been settled between you and your baby's father. So he's taking that on because to him, that's his pinnacle of manhood is to be a responsible man. The only problem is his efforts are misdirected. Now it could be that this older woman is taking advantage of him. She has two or three kids from previous relationships. What she's doing is she's sitting there saying, I'm going to get it right this time because I'm going to get with the man that I have more control over to mold the way I want him to. So in that way, he's going to be responsible because I'm going to make him responsible. And his mother's telling him, son, you're cutting your opportunities in life in half. You don't have any children. She does. There's no reason why you should be with her. Son's not going to tell mom she got some good pussy. He ain't going to tell her that. Mom, she makes me feel like a man. He's not going to tell her that. Because he's still trying to correct that void in his life for that father not being there. He doesn't want to be like his dad, and the way he doesn't wind up like his dad as he sees it, I'm going to be a responsible man, not a jackass that runs out on his responsibility. And this is the way he views it. He looks at his father as a failure, especially if mom contributed to that by telling him about how irresponsible his dad was. It makes him double down on those sentiments. 
And more than likely, he went out there and actually found a single mom to prove that point. So he becomes more alienated from his mother. And he gets with this woman. And it takes him a while before he realizes that he's being treated like a child. It takes a little while until he starts to realize that the responsibilities that this woman is putting on his shoulders now are much heavier than he thought it would be symbolically. Mama made him the man of the house, but the man of the house didn't have to pay any bills. He could contribute, but she took care of basically the overhead in the house. She took care of who went into that house and who didn't. And the man would kind of have to go through him to get the mom. Well, with this single mom, maybe daddy may want to come over and visit the kids. And he goes and tries to step to him. And baby mama goes and asserts herself by saying, this existed before you got here. Stand down. And that flies in the face of his manhood. He doesn't feel so much like a man now. He feels like a boy. And he goes and calls his mom and talks to his mom and tells her all of the things that have happened. And, but he doesn't want to get too critical because he knows he's going to have to face some blowback from mom. <laughs> and mama tells him, why are you complaining to me? First thing you need to talk to you sleep with every night. That's when he starts to realize that he doesn't have that support anymore. And he can't play both sides against the middle. So he goes and tells the single mom that he's with, some things gotta change. And she's sitting there, letting him speak his piece. Before she tells him she's pregnant. she does and he's got that bittersweet look on his face kind of happy that he's now been validated as a man for having a child his own offspring but then nervous because he doesn't know what that entails and now that this woman has his baby in her abdomen now becoming a little bit more assertive and a little bit bolder. She's not asking him to do things anymore as gingerly as she did in the beginning. She's laying down demands for him to do things. You need to go back to school and make more money. We got another baby to support. And here's where it gets really complicated for some guys. She already has another baby daddy. The other baby's daddy, take for instance, he's responsible. He's paying child support. He comes over to visit. He picks the kids up for visitation. 
she's trying to prep him to get into that mindset of, hey, you have to be responsible. And now she realizes that if she has a couple of kids that maybe their fathers didn't do the right thing by her, like that one dad did or a couple of dads did. She wants young blood to take the take up the slack. And he's like, Well, I got my kid on the way and what? No. This is a package that you married. Well, they're not married, but she probably used that in order to motivate him a little bit more, make him feel more empowered. Because now she really has it. Boy, he's going out there, he's working two, three jobs. He's busting his ass. Everything that she would be doing for herself, she's got him him doing. So she's at home, doing her thing, still going on, getting child support payments, taking care of her child. If she's getting it from one or two of the fathers depending on how many kids she have and how many responsible or irresponsible men she slept with. And this young dude is really trying to measure up, trying to make the cut. Well, what happens if he's not progressing fast enough? He's bending under the pressure now. He's working all those hours, not spending any time with And now it's at a point where he's got to realize, I got to do something. So he has that talk with his mother once again. And this time mom's a little bit more engaging because she feels as though he's kind of learned his lesson a bit after about their second year together. And she tells him, son, You might as well get ready to pay child support because you and that woman not gonna make it. And he started to realize the things that he's missing out on. He starts hanging with some of his friends bragging about he's getting ready to be a dad. While his other friends are going to college. While his other friends are getting jobs that he can't get while his other friends are traveling. The euphoria is worn off. And he realized he realizes that insecurity that he had of being irresponsible based on that stigma associated with his father has now cost him his future. So the relationship now isn't going anywhere. The older single mom sees that, makes him aware of it. She wants out because she feels as though she can do better. He's trying to make it work because his heart is in it. He don't want to lose at this because he looks like a failure to his family and his friends. Well, 
she gets to a point where she emasculates him and call him a mama's boy. He starts rattling off about what he told his mom about the relationship. That reaffirms her conviction. He's a mama's boy. He gets upset, rears back like he wants to lay hands on him. But he knows if he does, he's gone. She puts him out. He moves back home with Mama. This time, Mama's not so hospitable. Mama's charging him rent for the first time, and he's freaking out. Mama's giving him a timeline to get his shit together before he has to leave home. Well, it wasn't like that when he left home, and he's asking what's changed. Mama's telling him, I'm going to live my life now. You're a grown man. You have a family. I'm going to sell this place. And you're going to have to fend for yourself for the first time. You're not going to be depending on some other woman. You're not going to be depending on me. And at this point, he reverts back to his childhood, crying, begging his mama, telling him, I need some time to get myself together. And mama said, well, this time you're talking to me, you need to be getting yourself together. Self-love for the first time. Mama gave him an opportunity to do something with his life when he got into his late teens. He decided to screw that time off. Mama started dating a new guy. She's not home as much. She's not cooking the meals at home. She's going out with this man. She has a life of her own now. Well, old girl decides to contact this young man. About seven months pregnant. Telling him that she needs to get a nursery together. At this point, she's leaning on him for money. Being that he's in a situation where he's never been able to be responsible for himself, he's spazzing out. Telling her, hey, I don't have a place to stay. Mama's going to put me out pretty soon. I don't have enough time to really get my shit together. I need to save every dime for me. And she said, well, what about your child? Well, he comes back with his tail tucked between his legs. And his woman lets him come back. But this time, it's totally under her terms. She's not trying to coddle him like she did initially. Now, she's laying down the law. He's henpecked. Whatever she says goes now. He has no say. If mama wants to go to Miami for a weekend with her girlfriends while she's pregnant or to Vegas, he better not say a damn thing. 
because she's got it like that. Meanwhile, she sticks in with the responsibilities, preparing and nursery, getting everything together for the baby. He does all this. Can't go to mama and talk about his problems. Mama don't want to hear it no more. Starts talking to a co-worker at work, telling her about what he's going through. She's passively listening, but she's not willing to help him because she sees he's a fool. Thing is, she doesn't want to call him that because that would really crush him. She's in the same peer group he's in, but she chose not to have any children. She's on that job while she's going to college. Trying to tell him maybe you need to do the same thing. But he's busy trying to sleep with and start a relationship. And she shuts him down. She said, no, I'll be your friend. Now this scenario that I'm giving you is what happened to a friend's grandson that I know. So what happened after that? He tells his girl that he's going back to school. She said, nope, you don't have time for that. You gotta work if you're gonna live in this house. You don't have no time for school. You should have gone to school when you were living with your mama. At this point, he's looking at all those dreams and aspirations he had when he was living with mama. They're all out the door now. At 18, he's thinking by the time he's 36, he'll be done with child support payments. So he goes and homes up and stays on that job. He didn't get promoted as quickly as he thought. He'll get a lot of lateral moves, supervisor. Maybe he'll work his way up to a manager by the time he's 35. The girl that was working with him, she's now a corporate. He's got an executive position. He's still fumbling over forty-five dollars to $50,000 a year. Child's born. Child's now about close to 10 years old. He's never questioned much about what had happened. But there was this new thing called DNA that came out. And during that time, it was pretty, pretty expensive. So he couldn't afford any of the tests. About a decade later, it got cheaper. And so one day he swabbed his son's mouth, swabbed his own, and then sent in for the results. kid had turned 11 when he found out that child wasn't even his. He raised a stink with the woman, moves out with, moves out from her, quits paying for child support. She goes to court, he shows up, they want to know why he's <laughs>
He's in arrears now by about two years. Kid now, 14 going on 15. He's thinking the judge is going to see it his way. The judge looks at him and says, well, since you have provided such a level of comfort for the child and you cohabitated with the child for a while and you have a bond with that child and I don't see why we should just change it. After all, it's only a few more years. So the order stood and he continues to pay until every dollar of it was paid off. He had to go into his 401k in order to stay out of jail. Pay your rears. His grandfather, my friend, told me about how he was willing to take out a second on his house. And my friend had retired a long time ago. I was going to take out a second just in case he couldn't pay. Because his daughter, which was this young man's mother, threw her hands up. She was stuck. This young man wound up going back to college at 43 years old. graduated with his master's, I think he was 50. Tried to start his career over again. He met a lady in the same peer group. And my friend, his grandfather, had passed away by this time. And what had happened He swore off having any more children, any children. And this woman that he chose to be with didn't have any. And this was one of the ways he protected himself from that insecurity that led him down that path in the first place. People. Your insecurities will lead you in directions in your life if you're not careful and don't manage them. The places you do not have to go to. They will expose you to situations you don't have to be exposed to. And sometimes we are so overwhelmed about what could happen. We never look at what has happened. What has happened is not as bad as what's in your head. We'll talk more in a moment. Now, many of you don't realize what the dual commitment is that I've been talking about so far. The dual commitment is 
the commitment you make to yourself and the other the commitment you make to others in the case of our friend rest his soul's grandson he had three commitments that he had to uphold and expectations associated with them the commitment to himself which was, believe it or not, that insecurity. The commitment to his mother and the commitment to the woman that led him on those years. You see, when you ask for commitment from a person, please understand that you're sharing that commitment with something else or someone else that he's committed to as well. For this reason, insecure people like to isolate their partner so that they're the only person they can depend on, their only Messiah. That doesn't work. When you're in a relationship with a person, they're going to be committed to other obligations. It's the depth of the commitment you have to watch. A person may be committed to their job, their career, uh, to some sort of hobby, some sort of interest. But it has to be done in moderation. But when you get to a point where you make commitments where they're conflicting, you wind up like that young man did, not knowing how to appease his mom and this single mom, this older single mom. Not to mention dealing with yourself. But what he did, he took the soft option. The soft option was, I will go and fulfill my insecurity. I'll appease that and appease this older woman that I'm dating. As opposed to managing that insecurity and saying, you know what, maybe I need to get my ass in gear, take these few years with mom, go to school, go to the military, do something with my life, so that when I do start a family, one, I'm not under duress, not under pressure. Number two, I have clear thinking when I make my decisions. Number three, I have a better choice in woman that I choose, and she doesn't necessarily have to have a child. But what he was not willing to do to face that insecurity he had. It prevailed. Now, you will run across another form of dual commitment. That's when a person is overly committed to their family. I've experienced this several times. Some of you probably have. You date someone. And then you go out, you have a wonderful time. And then they tell you something like, yeah, you know, my daughter and my son would really like this restaurant. Okay, well, this is a five-star restaurant. I'm sure they would like it. And I'm sure they will probably have the money to afford to eat here one day. The assumption is, 
you're going to take them with us next time. In other words, it's an all-inclusive effort, but they start out as the point person. Your commitment, as you would think, would be with her. No, your commitment are with those kids. And I'm not talking about children. I'm talking about grown-ass people. One size fits all. You take care of everybody. So, if you were to go to the grocery store for yourself, for your things, you guys are living separate. And she says, oh, I'll meet you here or there. And before you know it, She's putting stuff in the basket and you're paying for it. You're being used in that commitment for someone else's benefit besides the person that you're with because that person is voluntarily being used by them in order to use you. The domino effect. All masked under commitment. So you'd be committed to that one person, but that person's committed to those other people. They could be children, family members, friends. But that's not your responsibility to be committed to those people. But in order to function with that person, they're gonna to try to make it seem as though it's baked in the cake. And when you try separating that, you're the jerk. You're the one that's selfish. You're the one that is not playing fair. You have to watch that, fellas. This is something that some women will use against you. Ladies, men may do it, but rarely. But fellas, watch for that booby trap. Watch what you're committing to. I remember one time a woman asked me, she said, well, I need a commitment from you. It was second date. I knew what that commitment was because she wanted to just have me say, yes, I'm committed to you. So the next day we could sleep together. She was a three girl date. Three and out. So I asked her, I said, what am I committing to? What do you mean? What are you committing to? I said, just what I said, what am I committing to? Well, you're committing to a relationship. What is involved in that relationship? Why you gotta ask all these damn questions? You know what a commitment is. That's where she tried to go with it. I said, no. I said, let's get something straight. Before I commit to anything, I wanna know details. And she could not explain. She sat there for an hour and a half, could not explain what she was trying to express. And I let her stew in it. And she said, what is a commitment to you? The commitment that I'm looking for is exclusivity. In other words, anything intimate is only between you, two, between you and I. Sentiments, feelings, the relationship is contained in the package of you and I only. And what's that supposed to mean? She asked. I said, take for instance, we have a disagreement. 
Would you go to your mother, your family, or your sister? Well, those are my homegirls. I got to stick by them. No thanks. What do you mean? She didn't even understand what she was looking for. You want to be very clear when you ask a person to commit to you. Understand what the terms are. And then I hit her with another question. So who are you committed to? What do you mean? We all have commitments of some sort. I said I'm committed to my career, my family. I went down the list. And I said, I'm not trying to be an ass here, but what I am asking you is, how committed are you to those things? Will those things eclipse if I were to commit to you? Would they eclipse our relationship? Well, I don't know. I said, let me tell you something about committing to a person. All those other commitments you have, yes, they're valid, and they have to be acknowledged and recognized and addressed. But the commitment with a person or a relationship, that should tower over all of those. And the rest of those commitments should work in concert with the main one you made with your partner. I don't think that's true. All right. Good luck. So you're not committing to me. Hell no, I'm not committing to you. And I didn't. Then she goes on and tells me, you know, you could have gotten some pussy tomorrow uh, next time we got together. I said, keep it. Trust me, there's another woman that's got one just like yours, and I guarantee you, I'll be in there in the same time I was supposed to be in there with you. Oh, it's like that? I said, yeah, it's just that simple. I'm thankful that you don't have the only vagina in the world, because if you did, that'd be a problem. But since there are others, there's no problem. Sorry, you don't have a patent on pussy. When you're asking for a commitment, you want intimate and emotional exclusivity. Confidentiality. That's important. Because that person could commit to keep everybody informed about your relationship. Usually, some women will use commitment, the word, as a means to justify them sleeping with you and not feeling guilty. I can't tell you how many three and outs I've had. First date, we got to know each other. Second date, emotional connection, and she wanted to commitment. Third date, we'd have sex. And nine times out of ten, by the fifth or sixth date, mm, we're ready to leave. Ready to go our separate ways. Because the commitment that she asked for, it was just for the condition of sex. It wasn't about a long 
alternative and interested in that shit. I remember one lady I was with, she asked me for a commitment on the second date, third date we had sex, fourth date she was talking about, you know, I think we should see other people. I'm like, damn, was I that bad and bad? She said, no, 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 I'm just not quite sure I'm ready to commit because uh, you're looking for marriage and I, I thought about it and I, I don't think that I'm ready for marriage just yet. So I just told you, I said, so you just want a commitment for some dick? No, it's not like that. I said, yeah, I said, just be honest. And she's like, well, you know, I, I don't give myself away to any guy. I said, no, I didn't know that you had needs. I said, if you just came to me and said, look, I just want some dick, that would have settled everything because I could have written you a prescription and you could have had all the dick you wanted. And you, would, you wouldn't have no longer been anemic. And you would have been cured and going on your merry way. I said, so we spent this back and forth time over bullshit when we could have been fucking. But I wouldn't call it that. And I'm like, there you go with the political correctness, ma'am. So, commitment is a tough thing. And a lot of you ladies don't quite get it. A lot of guys are not committing to you because they don't see something in you that's worth committing to. You could be pretty, you could smell good, you could be attractive, you could have the shape, but he doesn't see a future with you. That's the reason why he's not committing. Gotta be honest with you. He doesn't feel as though he can trust you. He doesn't feel as though you have integrity. He just doesn't feel it. Ladies, let me tell you something. If you slept with a man and he and you're telling him, well, before we can sleep together again, you gotta commit. And he hasn't asked you for exclusivity or commitment himself. I hate to tell you this, but the only thing he saw was, okay, well, you know, she's not the kind of girl I want, but at least I can fuck her. That's what he's thinking. That's where it's going. In a nutshell, that's where it's going. At least my dick has a home. My heart doesn't. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but I'm being truthful with you. I'm not out here trying to exaggerate. I'm just telling you the way it is. Because, see, a man is into a woman. Yeah, he's going to go and say, yeah, well, you probably hanging around with these other guys, blah, 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 blah. He's trying to fill you out to find out whether or not you're a one-man woman. Once he finds it out and he tells you, okay, well, you know, we're going to be together, and he starts making plans for the two of you, what he's telling you at that point is, I want you as my woman. You're not gonna be one of these women talking about, ah, why he ain't committing, why the man? He's not committing, like I said. He's already assessed you, and what he doesn't see is a future with you. That's the reason why he's sleeping with you, or wants to sleep with you, but won't commit. 
And he's not going to tell you what it is that he sees. Because it's something that you have had as part of your routine that he can't change. And he ain't going to try to change it. He's going to leave it just as it is and try to get in between your legs as quickly as possible and get out of them as quickly as possible as well. Because he knows if he hangs around too long, he's going to get fucked over. Because he's going to be with somebody he doesn't want to be with. I know a lot of women think that, oh, no, he's screwing the woman over because he's screwing her. No. He fucks around to get you pregnant. He's stuck. He may be dumb, but he's not stupid. He already sees that you don't measure up to what he's looking for. But see, as men, we're not crucial to tell a woman that. We're not going to go and sit there and say, I wouldn't say crucial, but we were not as callous. Tell a woman, hey, you don't measure up. You can tell that to us all day long as men. We're supposed to accept that punch on the face. You see some men, ladies, that when you talk to them, the man's face is all swollen up. That's because he had so much rejection punched in his face. Looked like Mike Tyson got a hold of his ass. But the truth of the matter is, it's a situation where he's trying to sidestep the commitment because you're not the one. And no matter how frustrated you get, no matter how much you complain. And let me tell you something, ladies, about that frustration and that complaining about men who won't commit. You know who you're attracted with that? Other guys that say, oh, I got me a good victim right here. She's frustrated. She's angry. Guess what I'm going to do? She's already told me what I need to do in order to get between her legs. Just tell her I'm committed to her. I'm going to pop that until it gets to a point until I have to do something to show my commitment. Then I'm going to take my ass out of it. That's the way a lot of those guys think. You mouthing off about how frustrating it is. And he's sitting there saying, well, you're going to be more frustrated because I'm coming in there. I'm going to be like a human shovel. I'm going to dig through your ass and leave. telling and see here's the reason why a lot of guys think this way with women who mouth it out like that all the time it's because they already know other guys have fucked you and left you just by your reaction you're already triggered by that so they already know what your weakness is and your sensitivity and they use that to their advantage they leverage that they leverage your own feelings against yourself that's how they get you It's the same principle that a woman uses with a guy who says he's an alpha male. What's the first thing she's going to do? She's going to challenge his alpha and his male. Because what she wants to do is to do what? Humble him. She already knows if he has to say it, he ain't it. It's just like the women that used to tell me in the 90s, I'm a strong black woman. I said, good, take your muscle-bound ass, go and find a man. You ain't finding one here. Oh, I'm intimidating. No, you're not intimidating. I don't feel like fucking you over like the rest of the guys already have. Because you've already told me what your weakness is. You've already told me what your sensitivity is. 
because you're all huffing and puffing. But as soon as somebody gives you some attention and breaks your ass down like a fraction, you're falling in love and you're mad at yourself because you went through the same cycle again. Laying in that bed after the guy has left and the only thing you got to remember by is the condom in the toilet. By the way, folks, don't put your condoms in the toilet, put them in the trash. Fellas, it's always best to have a Ziploc bag and take your condoms with you. Sperm sample and all and get rid of it later. Some of them will go in. <laughs> I'm just telling you. What I'm just saying, in general, that's what they leverage against you, your own frustration. The simps. Oh, they're going to sit back and you dissing this guy. Oh, you ain't shit. You living with your mama. You broke. You you a homo, homo, what is it, homosexual. It's going on and on and on. You must be gay, blah, blah, blah. You're putting all the insults in in order to break the guy down. And what what is that simp doing? Yeah, get it. And he's laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Look at you, bro. Because here's the thing. He capitalizes off of her frustration because he's going to patronize her and screw her and when he's done with her he's gonna get talked about just like the guy that he was laughing and clapping about that's the way it goes there are predators that are out there waiting for you to emote loudly so they can take advantage of the very thing that you pissed off about why do you think all these women are frustrated? They ain't been fucked over just by one guy. A lot of them, many guys. All these women walked around here with babies by different fathers, thinking that at some point they're going to pick the right dick. And never do. Some of them go well into their 40s, picking the wrong dick. For five kids by five different men. Then say, all these men ain't shit without pointing the finger at themselves first from the decision they made with the men that wasn't shit. Remember way back in the day in the 90s, a woman broke up with me. Now, well, I gotta, I gotta let you go because there's this brother that I, I really, really like and you, you, yeah, you, you hold no candle to him. I said, okay, fine. Oh, he had the nice wavy hair, the real light skin, the green eyes. Shit, she had his baby. <laughs> Soon as she told him she was pregnant. Didn't hear from him. She called me up about a year and a half after she had the child. Hey, how's it going? What you doing? Oh, no, my, you dating anybody right now? Yes, I am. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking for somebody to date. I just thought you'd probably be a uh, game. I'm like, no, no, I ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. Why? Because I got a kid. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. What? I said, you remember the terms. Oh, you talking about that old thing? Yeah, look, you, you should have grown out of that. That that was a long time ago. No, it was about a year and a half ago. I said, but still, doesn't matter to me because you're not in my life. I do hope you find someone, though. Mm-mm. Opened up that package and she didn't get a surprise. Got a kid, but no surprise. No man. I 
that's the problem. Let's face it. There are a lot of women walking around here that got many dick and no man. Some of them even sharing dick. Crazy. One lady called the police, and I think it was South Carolina, she called the police. Because the man had gone out, slept with the woman's best friend, and the man's wife knew their relationship was going on. He comes back home, exhausted. Wife upset because his dick can't get hard. She called the cops. What's the cops supposed to do? already exhausted himself. Fuck around and be like Lorena Bobby. That's a hell of a thing to think about. When they described that court case, she cut his dick off and was driving with the dick in her hand, touching the steering wheel. <laughs> Threw it out the Whew. If that dick could talk, boy. Now that would be a life story. That would be a book. Well, she cut me off. And then she drove with me on the, uh, I was on the steering wheel. Then she threw me out the window in somebody's yard. <laughs> and I laid there until the police found me. And I don't know who picked me up, but they carried me back to the hospital and then reattached me to this motherfucker again. <laughs> oh, that would be fucked up. Oh my God. Mm. But. I'm just telling you folks, be mindful, one moment. Now, for you young men, there's something I need to tell you. Some women will ask you to prove your commitment. I got faced with this challenge one time. She wanted me to go in her raw. Like I was boo-boo the damn fool. Well, if you're gonna go, go get a rubber, we, we, ain't gonna, we ain't gonna do anything. That's fine with me. So you leaving, you damn straight. You ain't leaving, yes I am. You better come back here. No, 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 that's all right. I'm done, I'm done. And of course, I got that phone call. Can't believe you just walked out. So you walk out on all women when they offer you sex. I said, no, I offer, I walk out when a woman's trying to get pregnant. Because I, I told her straight up, I said, let me tell you something about me. A woman has curves, right? She's like, yeah. What does the dollar sign have? She said, we have curves. I said, the dollar sign never loses weight, never gains weight, does it? know what you're trying to say. I said, as long as you female, you'll never be as fine as a dollar bill to me. In other words, when it comes down to that, to sex, money comes first. Well, what, what does that have to do with love? You don't love someone? I said, look, no. Here's the thing. You came across trying to get a commitment based on sex. 
Their commitment would have been that child. Not my commitment to you. I'm committed to that dollar bill. Because of one thing. As long as I have that, I can get plenty of you. Women that are looking for money, that's what I was implied. If I'm looking for love, guess what that woman wouldn't have done? She wouldn't have put me in a situation like you did. Well, I was just saying, I don't like condoms, because I said, yeah. I said, so, are you on birth control? No. Do you have an IUD? No. I'm natural. I, I, I can't get pregnant. I said, well, I'm talking to a fool. And I, I, and my dick was mad at me. Man, I can't believe that shit. I said, man, look, if you'd have gone at her, That wasn't gonna work. Well, I've been with other men, Ron, and it never happened. Well, I ain't gonna be evil Knievel and try to find the fuck out. You go right ahead and find them other guys. And this was during a period in my life when I decided that I was gonna only date women from that point forward. She was the catalyst of this. That they had to have some other goal in life where a child would be an impediment for them. A child would be a setback. And what I started doing was actually dating better quality women after that. But what did I do? Lowered my standards in order to fit in. That's where I fucked up. Fellas, if you're gonna sleep with a woman, get somebody that has something to lose. That's an incentive for them not to get pregnant. That will help you. That will help you. And they're going to try little tricks. As I told you before, they'll try to adjust your dick inside of them while you had a condom on, and then they're going to massage it and try to rub it off. Nope. You just put your hand over hers, and you feel it slipping, you pull that motherfucker back. <laughs> and even if you got to hold it while you're inside of them, do it. Change your condoms out regularly. 90 days is good enough. Don't let it form an O-ring in your wallet and shit where it's throwing through, showing through the back of your jeans. Then let women know you ain't had no pussy in a long time when you have that. And they be teasing you about it and try to fuck with you. Nope, don't wanna do that. Mm -mm. Some guys do it though deliberately. Yes, ladies, they do in order to attract your attention and get a conversation going because they know you're going to start laughing when you see that that circle that's been worn in the back of their jeans for them having that same tight-ass condom in there for four or five years. Fellas, you never get condoms from a woman. You always go to the store and buy them new. You don't give a damn what she's told you. I don't care if she's a nurse. I don't care if she's a doctor. I don't care if she's a CNA. Don't listen to none of that shit because... Your fate is in her hands. And if she decided to put a damn pin needle through it and that sucker oozes out and she gets pregnant, have <laughs> you an oops, baby? Oops, we got a key. You want to plan it out. 
That's the reason why you want to understand what she's talking about when she says commitment. Because some women, a commitment means if you sleep with me, I'm getting pregnant, we're getting married, and we're going to live happily ever after. They have a full scenario behind it. Just doesn't stop with, you know, you sleeping with me. So you got to make sure you understand what that commitment is. So you want to ask her specifically, what are you committing to? And if she can't tell you, hmm. Move on. Unless you want to become a dad. Because see what you have to remember. There are women out there that want to have a future. They want to have a career. They're not ready to be bogged down with a child. So they're going to try their best not to get pregnant. Which works to your advantage and her advantage. Because here's the best thing in the world that can happen. If the two of you are committed to each other and you're both committed to not having a child until you're ready, then what happens then, you guys can position yourselves in a better place where you could really afford to have a child and to rear that child properly. In some cases, the child has a better lifestyle than you had because you've provided it for them. You know, you look at Michael Jordan. Look at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dr. J, all of these pro basketball players, all of these entertainers, all of these people that had to go through and work their asses off. What are they doing? They made life easier for their children so they wouldn't have to. You notice that? Michael Jordan's son does not have to play basketball. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's kids don't have to go into sports. Because the parents made the sacrifice. They took that talent and made a sacrifice with that talent so that the families would not have to go out and do that. We could take it one step further. Reason why I don't eat soul food? My ancestors had to do it. They wanted to endure what they had to the hardships after slavery. Not voluntarily by no stretch, but they had to endure those things for the benefit of the next generation to live better than they did. They made the sacrifice. I look at my father. The shit he went through with Jim Crow and how he made a sacrifice that I didn't have to make. I didn't have to live on a damn former plantation I wasn't born on a former plantation. So I had a little bit better than he did in that I didn't have to worry about that. But I still had to deal with the racism. But that was Mississippi, of course. But the bulk of what he and my mom went through, I didn't have to deal with that shit. Same thing with my brother-in-law. Didn't have to deal with that shit. It was tough. So, as parents, you have to make that sacrifice. But see, there are some parents that want to live better than their kids no matter what. Now, you're going to stay your ass on second base. 
I got first choice. You got to watch it. People like that, they can't compete with their own peers, so they'll compete with somebody that they created. That's dangerous. You want your kids to live better than you do and not go through the struggling and the suffering. So it takes a special breed of cat. Somebody's willing to sacrifice their time and effort in order to develop a family. I knew that I was not a candidate for that. And I'd ask women, what were their future plans? And they would tell me, oh, well, you know, I plan on doing this, plan on doing that. Oh, so now if you get pregnant, what would you do? Oh, uh, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. As soon as I heard that, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> we can talk. That woman to say, well, if it happens, it happens. Nope. Uh-uh. What do you mean, uh-uh? I love money too much. When it comes down to sex, I'll give up a piece of pussy to make some money. But see, the thing is, as long as you got money, you will always attract other curves. I know that sounds rather cynical, but it's true. Tom Micus said it best when he was at KFI. I mean, it's at KLSX. A woman will attract the wealthiest man she can. A man will attract the finest woman he can afford. I'm, a, I'm 61 now. So those days of me looking to try and press a woman, those days are over. I'm who I am. The next few years of my life will never be as good as the other years I've already lived. That's a reality that I have faced. I'm not trying to rewrite history in my life at this stage. Find someone that I can get along with and we can go and enjoy these last few sunset years together. That's fine. But here's the thing. Had I not lived the life I wanted to live before this very day, I'd be pretty pissed off at myself. I'd be one of these people still going to the strip, still hanging out, still trying to be recognized, still trying to be in some way affirmed or approved. I didn't want that. That's the reason why I lived the way I lived. So that I could enjoy the fullness of my life so that if I were to die, whether it's today, tomorrow, next day, one thing that I realized, I enjoyed my existence on this planet with no regrets. A lot of people can't say that. But they still got more shit to go through. More shit they want to do. They got bucket lists and all that shit. My bucket list was fulfilled way back when I was in my 20s and 30s. 
I made sure of that. Because the last thing I wanted to do was be some old person talking about I got this list of shit I want to do. Like Jack Nicholson and uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Morgan Freeman did in that movie. Mm-mm. You don't have me doing no shit like that. And I'm cool with it. And in some ways, it's kind of sad to see some people struggle to try to scramble to do all this now. Oh, I'm going skydiving. Get tethered off to somebody else, right? How about jumping out of the plane by yourself? Yeah. Sorry, I want to do things while I'm healthy. That's the reason why I did them when I was younger, because I didn't know what kind of condition I'd be in when I was older. Now I have glaucoma. Shit, I'm glad I did everything I was supposed to do when I was younger. So, you know, it all depends on your level of commitment or committing to what. That's what the big question is. What are you committing to? That is more important than anything else. Because once you found that out, you have a direction to go in. A lot of times people don't. They go in circles. Just like that song by Billy, Billy Preston, will it go around in circles? Doom, doom. Doom, doom, doom. Will it fly high like a bird up in the sky? Doom, doom, doom. Will it go around in circles, y'all? Yeah, and so, in conclusion, I just want you to think about this, and this is primarily geared to all you folks, and it comes down to commitment. Know what you're committing to, know what it is involved in that commitment, and understand some of the consequences and circumstances that may come with it that that person may imply. The worst thing in the world to do is to commit to the wrong person over an extended period of time and before you know it, you're boo-boo the fool. You have plenty of time to straighten out your life and turn it around. Even though I only got a few more years I'm guesstimating in life, I want to enjoy them. But I'm not trying to catch up for any segment of life that I've missed because I pace myself through it. So I have no regrets. Take care, folks. Talk to you tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music. Amazon Music, Spotify, AudioMac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, 
you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.